Anthony Richardson suffers an AC joint sprain, which means this is Gardner Minshew's team for the foreseeable future. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hello, everyone. I am Zach Hicks. I am here without my buddy Jake Arthur. Jake Arthur is kind of like the Anthony Richardson of this show. He's the the talent that you guys are all tuning in to watch. Uh, and then I'm kind of like the Gardner Minshew. I'm the goofy looking dude who, you know, is kind of just the stable bottom floor of the, of the show here. So I'm going to do my best Gardner Minshew impression on today's episode and, and try to carry this show with the loss of uh, our Anthony Richardson and Jake Arthur. But he'll be back. Jake's a little sick right now, a little under the weather. Uh, so it's me solo today, me solo tomorrow. And then we'll, we'll play it by ear with Jake after that. But guys, I have a fun show planned for you. We're going to talk all about uh, Anthony Richardson, obviously. So I guess maybe not the most fun show ever, but we're going to talk about Anthony Richardson's injury, what we kind of know at this point or what we can kind of speculate at this point. We still don't have a definitive thing about that. So we're going to get into that conversation. Uh, then we're going to go into a Gardner Minshew-led Colts offense because regardless of what comes out in the next couple of days about Anthony Richardson, we're at least going to get Gardner Minshew for a couple weeks starting for the Colts. So we obviously want to talk about, you know, what are some things that the Colts can do with Minshew at quarterback? Where are they kind of limited with Minshew? And where can they maybe exceed a little bit more with Minshew? And then finally, we're going to finish off this show by talking about Zach Moss, his career day, and why he was simply fantastic uh, on Sunday against Tennessee Titans. But first, let's kick it off with Anthony Richardson. Obviously, the most heartbreaking aspect of this past game is Anthony Richardson could not finish another game. Uh, this makes it two games now this year. I mean, the first game, he technically didn't finish, but he wasn't on the injury report. It really wasn't much of an injury there outside of just, hey, he's running a little reckless. Let's get him out of this game that we're not winning. So in my mind, it's two games he's left early with an injury. The concussion that he suffered in week two left after the first quarter. And this past week with the AC joint sprain left halfway through the second quarter. So now we're, you know, we're Colts are three and two right now, week five. Anthony Richardson, their their star quarterback, their quarterback that was supposed to be their franchise passer, has only played like two and a half games at this point. He's going to be out for another week or another couple weeks. We're looking at him being, you know, a rookie quarterback who's played two and a half games out of maybe his entire rookie season. It could be of, you know, all 17. Like, who knows? I, I don't know what it's going to be as of right now. It's a lot of speculation at this point. Uh, but I totally understand people who are worried about his long-term health, worried about his short-term health, worried if this is just going to be him going forward because he's been banged up or injured in pretty much every game he's played. Uh, I think some parts of that is just him being a 21-year-old that's still acclimating to the speed of the NFL and, and acclimating to the physicality of the NFL. But again, we can't just write this stuff off. It is happening. There are injuries happening. Uh, so I, I totally get the people who are concerned about it. Maybe it's a little too early to say injury prone because these are normal injuries that happen. I actually have uh, the numbers right here. Uh, basically, all NFL quarterbacks suffer a concussion at some point in their NFL career. Like the the studies are 
are pretty vast on that. A lot of quarterbacks suffer some sort of concussion in their career. I mean, you got quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers who have suffered like four to five concussions in their NFL career. So it happens a lot. Concussions or brain injuries uh, happen quite a bit in the NFL. So him getting that in week two of his rookie season obviously stinks, but it is something that's going to happen in the NFL. But even with this AC joint sprain or, or the shoulder injury that he's facing here, I mean, uh, my buddy Max Houghton, who we're going to have on the show sometime this week once we get more clarification on this actual injury and, and what the timetable really is. Uh, he was sharing some data with me about quarterbacks, NFL quarterbacks who suffer uh, joint sprains or just shoulder injuries in the NFL. And he said it's around 20 to 33% of NFL quarterbacks at some point in their career suffer some sort of shoulder injury or joint sprain in their shoulder. Now, it's not always a throwing shoulder, so that's obviously a big concern with Anthony Richardson here. Uh, but it is fairly common for quarterbacks to suffer some sort of shoulder injury in their career. So, yes, you can say injury prone, maybe. Like, I get it. I totally get it if you're going that way. But these are two very common injuries, and they just happen to happen so early in his career. It just stinks to to talk about it to this point. So um, I, I wanted to just kind of dispel that at first, or at least talk about that at first. But let's get into this potential injury real quick. There's been a lot of reports going around that it could be a grade three AC joint sprain. Uh, obviously, that hasn't been confirmed yet. Anthony Richardson seeing multiple opinions about it to see what the right approach is. If he wants to go surgery on it, if he wants to go uh, recovery, or if it's something worse or not as bad as grade three, obviously that changes a lot of the dynamics of it. Uh, but a grade three AC joint sprain is pretty serious. Like it's not obviously as bad as a as a grade four or grade five. Uh, those are basically full breaks and and just disastrous shoulder injuries. But grade three in itself is a pretty bad injury. So I don't want to downplay it a little bit. Uh, the four to six week time span that's been going around, it seems a little optimistic. I mean, it, it could be, I don't know. It, again, it just depends on what the information that comes out with it. You know, if it's, if it's a grade three, that's kind of close to a grade four, then it could be a two month type of wait and see with him. But if it is a grade three, that's a little bit on the, on the lower end, a little bit closer to a grade two, then it could be something that is in that four to six week span. I think one thing I can say for, for kind of certain, or at least in somewhat confidence is I think it's going to be a pretty big wait and see approach when it comes to the Colts and Anthony Richardson here. And I think it's going to be frustrating for a lot of fans that we're going to probably get a lot of like, Oh, you know, we, why aren't they telling us every single thing about his recovery? It's like, well, the Colts are still trying to wait and see, you know, I think it's going to be one of those type of recoveries where they're probably going to put off surgery, see how he feels after a couple of weeks. And then if it still is bothering him, maybe go ahead with the surgery there. But again, this is all speculation. I don't know what his shoulder injury is. I mean, as of right now, I'm recording this at 7 PM on Monday evening. So we could have the news by the time this drops and I'd, I'd probably actually re-record this, but um, yeah, you know, it, it's just kind of a wait and see right now. We don't know exactly what type of shoulder injury it is, but AC joint sprains are pretty serious. I'm not trying to downplay it, but again, it is something that a lot of NFL quarterbacks uh, deal with. Uh, Matthew Stafford's obviously the biggest example. Stafford, I believe, suffered uh, a grade two AC joint sprain his rookie season, kind of played through that, didn't have surgery, and then he like re-injured it with like a grade three. I believe that's what happened. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, basically, because of all his shoulder injuries, he played 13 of his first 32 NFL games. So he was getting a lot of that injury prone bus label stuff there. And then he went on to play a ton of games after that with the Detroit Lions. So obviously, there is some recovery there. 
Uh, Drew Brees destroyed his shoulder in year three in the NFL. His was much worse than any AC joint sprain that could happen, like torn labrum, broken collarbone, just really, really bad shoulder there. Obviously, he was able to bounce back. Uh, Aaron Rodgers in his rookie season sprained his shoulder to where he couldn't throw the ball 10 yards is what they were saying. So pretty bad injury there. And then at more recently, you know, Derek Carr obviously had his grade two uh, AC joint sprain recently, which is a lot lesser than potentially what Richardson's is. So we don't know there. Uh, Jalen Hurts sprained his shoulder last year, his throwing shoulder. Josh Allen obviously uh, messed up his throwing elbow his rookie season. So again, I'm not trying to say that this is a good thing for Richardson by any means, but it's not uncommon for a quarterback to hurt their throwing arm or throwing shoulder at some point in their career and still come back from it. So for people who are going like all doom and gloom saying, ah, oh, this is it for Richardson and stuff like, yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. But I don't think this is like a career ender by any means. There's still time to, to, to get this right with him. They still have the whole recovery process. And I don't want to jump the gun too much with this whole thing. So I know I kind of said a whole lot of nothing in this first segment here, but Really, it is the wait-and-see approach. Let's not freak out yet. Let's wait for more information and just see which direction this goes with Anthony Richardson's uh, shoulder here. Like, it really could go a lot of different ways. Hopefully, it's on the lower end, and it is that four- to six-week timetable to recovery. Uh, but even the worst case, it's probably so like shoulder surgery sits out the rest of the season. You get him back for next year. So we'll see what happens with Anthony Richardson. Hopefully, this is the last of these big injuries we deal with with him, but... We shall see, my friends. We shall see. But transitioning now into a Gardner Minshew-led offense. That's what we're going to talk about in the next segment. Talk about how the Colts offense could change with Gardner Minshew and what the Colts are gaining and losing by having Minshew being the lead guy. And you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next event because game time has got you covered. Guys, I hate buying tickets for concerts. I love concerts. I'm wearing my Bayside hoodie right now. I love going to concerts. I just hate buying tickets because I just don't know what the best price is. I don't know if I'm getting scammed or if I'm getting a great deal or if this is the best it gets. But don't worry. Game Time has the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all your sports, music, comedy, theater, and concerts around you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and their best price guaranteed, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what you're what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know what you're getting with a great deal without any hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. GameTime is obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section of game time picks and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% on savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll get the best price if you find tickets in the section or row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on nfl l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-n-f-l for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and every day as we we'll be back tomorrow morning to continue talking about Anthony Richardson injury, the fallout from this injury, what it means for the Colts. And, hey, do they still have a shot at this division title without Anthony Richardson? We're going to continue that conversation tomorrow morning here on Locked on Colts. All right, guys, so diving into the second segment here, we're going to talk about Gardner Minshew. Now, 
I know Gardner Minshew is not as flashy as Anthony Richardson. I've said it multiple times. He's not nearly as fun as Anthony Richardson. And honestly, it, it's kind of a shame, again, that Richardson went down when he did because he was playing some really good football. Richardson was, what, 8 of 12 in this game for 96 yards in that first quarter against Tennessee Titans. was really throwing the ball well down the field. But then Gardner Minshew comes in cold off the bench yet again. You know, his second time this year he's had to come in cold. And he played some good football. Like, it, it, it's nothing spectacular. And I think that's the thing that we really have to understand with Gardner Minshew is like there will be a couple throws here and there where it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good throw by uh, Gardner. There. That's, a, that's a pretty solid throw, but it'll never be the wow plays. It'll never be the spectacular plays with Gardner Minshew. It'll never be breaking out of two guys, trying to pull him down, throwing the ball down the field for a big game like we saw multiple times against the Los Angeles Rams with Anthony Richardson. It, it won't be a type of style at quarterback where – you know, when your team is down 23 nothing, like again, like the Colts were against the Rams, that a guy like Minshew can bring you back in that game. You need to have the lead. You need to be in control of the game. And Minshew can manage the game from there. But I don't want to take away from what Gardner Minshew can do by saying all these things, because I do think he's really good in isolation. I think he's good in the quick game. I think he's good in empty personnel and RPO type plays and and plays where he has to change that arm angle and get that ball out of his hand quickly. I do think there are a lot of positives in Gardner Minshew's game. It's just obviously going to be a lesser hit than what Anthony Richardson was bringing to the offense. It's a very different style. I mean, if you look at Anthony Richardson, he's, what, 15th in the NFL in EPA per play. The offense is moving the ball and getting expected points over production. He's breaking sacks, limiting the sack yardage. He's uh, getting the Colts down the field in explosive plays, big-time explosive play rate. And then you get Gardner Minshew in where the completion percentage is higher. Uh, he's a little bit more effective on the quicker throws. Uh, he keeps the offense kind of as at a – snail's pace but a snail's pace that at least is still moving forward where Richardson is going to be fast slow fast slow fast slow uh, so it's a very different style of offense that we're going to have to get used to with Gardner Minshew for how many weeks he's going to be starting with the Colts here but uh, the big thing here with the Colts going forward and with this offense is yes it obviously changes from a passing dynamic and from a QB run dynamic but I don't think the run game really changes too much in terms of what the running backs are going to be doing. Uh, luckily, Gardner Minshew, despite not being a mobile quarterback, does like to operate out of the shotgun a lot more. Uh, and that's what the Colts have almost exclusively been in this year is just in the gun, uh, getting those running backs running downhill out of the gun uh, and running those inside zone, split zone with the occasional wham and trap blocks up, up in the middle. Um, that's kind of where the Colts running game has lived so far this year and Gardner Minshew is more comfortable in the gun. So I don't think the court, the, the Colts like run game with the designed running back runs is going to change too much. It's really just that pass game. And, and again, the passing game, not a ton. Uh, there's not, there's going to be less downfield shots. You're not going to throw four verts too much with Minshew just because he doesn't have the arm strength and, and the ability to, to kind of move defenses with just that fear that he instills. Uh, but I think you're going to get a lot more, you know, mesh concepts. You're going to get a lot more screens. You're going to get a lot more uh, stick routes and, and spot routes and stuff like that. So, you know, it makes the Colts a little bit more quick pass heavy and more middle of the field heavy in terms of just getting the ball out quick and letting guys run after the catch. But overall, it doesn't change too much. I think that's why the Colts have been able to adjust on the fly a little bit when Minshew's had to come in these games is because the Colts are running a lot of Philadelphia Eagles concepts from last season. And obviously Gardner Minshew was with the Eagles last year. So he's able to kind of step in and, and perform a lot of these concepts. Well, again, it's not going to be like what Richardson was doing in the second half against the Rams, where it was four verts almost every single play. And Richardson was able to attack whatever 
spacing he wanted down the field because of that arm strength he has. But I do think, again, you're going to get a lot more of those screens, a lot more of those mesh concepts, a lot more of those uh, quick hitters and, and what we saw in the second half of this past game. And look, if the script is favorable and the game situation is favorable, Minshew is a plus quarterback to have. You know, he's a guy who's not going to turn the ball over. He's a guy who can get the ball out and he can convert those third and short opportunities into first downs and just keep that offense going. I mean, we saw a fantastic drive by the Colts this past weekend on Sunday where they had the ball back with, what, eight minutes left with up 20 to 16. And the Titans get the ball back with under a minute left, down seven points. Uh, and, and they just the Colts were able to milk the entire clock down seven minutes. And Minshew made it several big throws in that. He had a third down completion to Zach Moss in the flat, which went for a big gain. He had the deep throw to Alec Pierce that probably would have been a big play if it wasn't for pass interference. And then obviously the big throw to Alec Pierce on the next third down conversion on the stick route. Um, so I think Minshew is just that type of guy where, yes, he's got some of that gamer in him. He's got a little bit of that gunslinger mentality with him, but it's not really reckless and it's not him trying to do more than what his talent actually is. You know, he's not he's not going out there thinking he's Josh Allen. He's, he thinks he's Gardner Minshew. He thinks he's Gardner Minshew. He's going to throw the little sidearms here and there. He's going to get the ball out quick. He's going to get it on time, and the offense is going to be better for it. And look, if the, if the ball – if the, the opportunities are not down the field for him, he's not going to take them. And, you know, we want explosive offense, but Gardner Minshew is not going to force explosives just because. You know, he doesn't have that type of ability, and he knows it. He knows he knows what Gardner Minshew is better than any of us know, which is a really good thing about him and what makes him a really good backup quarterback. So really what the Colts are really losing with this is they're losing those off-platform throws that Richardson would give you and those, those throws where you're getting outside the pocket and delivering a strike down the field. And the biggest one is the sack avoidance and turning, you know, potential big sacks into – a one yard loss or a two yard loss. We saw in that Ravens game when Minshew started that he was taking big time sacks by Kyle Hamilton without recognizing the blitz and obviously losing a lot of yardage on those sacks where Richardson was only losing a combined total of like two yards per sack this year. So that's, that's a tough thing to to get hit with is losing that kind of lot. Like to you have a quarterback like Richardson who takes away a lot of negative plays because of that, where Minshew, you're going to get those negative plays back in your offense. And when you have an offense that's so rhythm-based and so, you know, success rate-based, where it's like, I'm going to get four yards on first down, three yards on second down, and then the four yards on third down to get a first. When your offense is so predicated on that, you can't have negative plays like sacks or penalties. So you kind of lose that dynamic by losing Anthony Richardson. But again, with a Gardner-Minshew type offense, if, you're, if your offense is playing sound, and if your players are out there making plays like getting open, getting to their right spots, and the running game is is still clicking with the with the blocking and with the running backs moving, Minshew is an adequate quarterback who can run that type of offense. The rest of the players need to step up. They did this past weekend, and that's why the Colts were able to get a win. But I think Gardner Minshew is a really capable backup who can you know sneak out a couple wins for the Colts. I mean, he's got the big revenge game this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville, so that'll be a fun one. I'm not counting the Colts out completely with Gardner Minshew at the helm. Uh, We'll see just how many games that is, obviously, uh, going forward. But uh, coming up, guys, we're going to move off of the quarterback talk. We're going to talk about the one biggest shining star from this past game, and that is running back Zach Moss. Not Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, who had a career day against the Tennessee Titans. 
Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOnNFL and visit or in kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, guys, so diving into this final segment here, we're going to highlight a player who I thought was just fantastic in every single phase this past weekend, and that is running back Zach Moss. Now, Zach Moss has been great since the Colts acquired him for Naheem Hines uh, last season, uh, but this year he's really taken his game to another level. I believe he's at 5.0 yards per per carry this year on 85 carries. Uh, he's a player who has ascended into the top ranks of rushing yardage in the NFL despite missing the first game this year with a broken forearm. Uh, but this past weekend, I thought he was just on a different level compared to where he's even been in his time with Indy. Uh, he had 23 carries for 165 yards and two touchdowns, as well as two catches for 30 yards. Uh, obviously, the big one late late in the game up the sideline on the flat route to uh, not really put the game on ice, but keep the drive going that helped the Colts put the game on ice. So yeah, Zach Moss great in every phase. And I think the areas that I really want to highlight to you guys that I just don't get think, I don't think it talked about enough when it comes to running back play is the poise, the patience and the pace that he was playing with in this game, the big P's right there, poise, patience and pace uh, that Zach Moss was playing with because so often when we're watching running back on Sundays, we're just watching uh, just running backs in general. People are always so quick to say, Oh, just hit the hole hard. What are you doing? Hit the hole, hit the hole. Like the hole's right there. Obviously you got to hit it, but there's so much more nuance when it comes to playing running back in the NFL. You can't just hit every hole because there's so many fake holes in the NFL. There's so many holes where, you know, when you're watching it on TV, it's like, Oh my gosh, look at that gigantic gap there. Like a star running back burst through there for a 50 yard gain, whatever, you know, go right up the middle there for a 50 yard gain where when you actually watch it, there's an unblocked, unblocked linebacker at the second level to where if that running back hits that hole without trying to set up that linebacker, they're going to get tackled for like a three to four yard gain where if they set up that linebacker and take the time to set it up, then it could be potentially a 50 yard gain, which we saw with Zach Moss, obviously on his touchdown run, he didn't really do much in terms of setting up linebackers, but on a lot of his other runs, he did. I mean, there was a stretch run to the outside where it was a fantastic stretch run. I, I, I wish the Colts called more stretch runs after I saw this. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, Zach Moss, this is like bringing me back to old Alfred Morris with the Washington commanders uh, back in the early 2010s, where the stretch runs where you have a running back that has such great vision and feel and patience that he's setting up blocks and blocking unblocked defenders. But there was a stretch run, uh, in the second half of this past game where Moss is taking it to the outside and Braden Smith's defender was playing outside leverage on him, taking away that outside run. So Moss starts cutting inside of Braden Smith, takes that one jab step in, has uh, Braden Smith's defender spin inside to that hole, and then Moss quickly jumps back out and turns it into a 13, 14-yard run along the outside. That's what I'm talking about, though, with pace and patience that Moss was playing with in this game where – you know, if he's just hitting that hole hard, like he was a couple weeks ago, even like a couple weeks ago against Houston, 
he was running really hard and had a really strong game, but he was mostly just hitting that first hole he saw and he's just getting his head down and running through guys. So I think Zach Moss, even if a couple of weeks ago, hits that first hole, runs into Braden Smith's defender, and falls down for a four- to five-yard game. But because he took the time and he had the confidence and the poise and the patience, again, to jab step inside, jump back outside, and get to that corner, he turned a three-, four-, five-yard run into a good you know, 12, 13, 14-yard run to the outside. Just that kind of – that pace that he was playing with in this game – was outstanding. I thought he had great burst in this game as well. Uh, there were a lot of runs where he was going to take the patient route, but then he saw an unblocked defender coming from his left or coming up the middle, whether it was a linebacker that was run blitzing or the backside defense end just crashing hard, where he felt that player coming and he turned on the 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 I don't want to say the Jets. He turned on the thrusters to to move forward and hit the hole quickly and, and turn again. What would have been like a one to two yard loss into a six, seven, eight yard gain up the middle just by hitting those little thrusters because he felt the defenders closing in and had that great feel in the backfield. So I really wanted to highlight him in this because it was it was just an outstanding game. I know a lot of people are going to take this as like, oh, they extended Jonathan Taylor and then Zach Moss has a big game. Like why even waste the money on Taylor? But when Taylor gets back to being full speed, you're going to have such a great one-two punch in this backfield because you're going to have Jonathan Taylor who can run you run you over like Moss has been doing, but also has that 4-3 speed to constantly burn you on big plays. But then you get Zach Moss who's playing with such great patience and feel and along with power and turning out those, you know, turning those small gains into big chunks because he just runs so hard. If you're a defense having to tackle those two guys all day long, Maybe it's okay to have Gardner Minshew in there. Again, I, I'm not a run the darn ball type guy. Uh, I, I I like it. I love running the ball. I, I think I think higher of it than most analytics people do. Uh, but I but um I, I think that when you have a running back duo like the Colts have, and then you're gonna have a somewhat limited quarterback in Minshew, I think this might be the avenue for the Colts to go. I'm not saying turn into the Tennessee Titans the last couple of years, but if you're trying to win a couple games in Richardson's absence. And you have these two running backs, one that's playing at a really high level, another one that's always played in a high level, still coming back from, from his offseason injury and stuff. Uh, then the Colts could really have that one-two punch to lean on while Gardner Minshew just does his Gardner Minshew thing, gets the ball out quick, and lets the playmakers do their thing. But I did really want to take time in this segment, though, just to look at Zach Moss and say, this was the best version of Zach Moss I have ever seen personally. I, even at Utah, where he was just playing some outstanding football and playing really confident and looking really good, this was the best version of Zach Moss because I just never have seen him this patient and poised uh, in the backfield. I know that's my, my buzzwords right now. You guys are going <laughs> to laugh at me in the comments, but I just never have seen Zach Moss play like this before. I always kind of regarded him as, you know, he is what he is. He's the type of guy where you're going to give him the ball, he's going to hit the hole downhill, and he's going to carry four to five guys for an eight-yard game. He's the type of guy where I always thought uh, if the play design was going to get you one yard, he's going to get you four. If the play design was going to get you negative four yards, he's going to get you one. If the play design is going to is blocked for 50 yards, he's going to get you like 25. <laughs> you know, like it's he's not going to get you those huge plays, but he's going to get the dirty yards. He's going to get those. He's going to turn those negative plays into positive plays. But the Zach Moss we saw on Sunday was like a legit starting running back in the NFL. It wasn't that dirty that that grinded out dirty yardage type guy he wasn't old Frank Gore he was young Frank Gore in this game so I, I just again I really wanted to highlight him in this and say like cheers to him I mean what a fantastic game and and even if his future after this season is not with Indianapolis Colts because obviously the Colts have Taylor it'd be it'd be tough to pay two running backs 
he is putting on a show and a great audition for other teams and just doing a fantastic job this season. So Zach Moss has stepped up massively in Taylor's absence. And I don't think this is going to be the last we're going to see of him this year. I don't think once Taylor is fully acclimated, all of a sudden Moss disappears. I think Moss is going to be part of this game plan going forward. And that's a great problem to have. It's a great problem to have when you have too many good players (laughs) on your team is a really great problem to have. So Zach Moss have a day again, 23 carries 165 yards, two touchdowns, two catches for 30 yards in the best I have ever seen this young running back play. Uh, I think that's all I have for today, guys, though. Again, if I get more information on the Anthony Richardson injury, obviously I'll do an emergency pod with that. Uh, if more changes tonight after I recorded this, then you probably won't even be hearing this version of the podcast. But uh, yeah, guys, I, I think it's going to be an eventful couple days here when we hear, hear a little bit more about Richardson. And again, we have to kind of plan now for the the near future without him. Again, I don't think it's going to be a long-term future thing, but the near future without him and can the Colts steal a couple games without Anthony Richardson I think that's going to be a big storyline these next couple of days. And every day is we're going to bring you that storyline tomorrow and, and probably every other day this week. We're going to be talking more about how the Colts can continually steal games and stay in this division race despite being down QB1. So if you guys don't already, follow at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 all on Twitter. Also subscribe to us on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast. We love your guys' ratings, reviews, and we'll see you guys back here bright and early tomorrow morning.